Do you believe in ghosts? There are no shortage of stories about encounters with the other side. Maybe you've had one yourself. When a loved one is close to death and has conversations with other family members who have already passed, or maybe just walking around in your own house when something moves that shouldn't, or feeling a chill or a sense of someone or something being there. There's no doubt that humans have an innate desire to connect, and sometimes that means connecting with people who've already passed. This week on the podcast, I am talking with someone whose job it is to connect with these very spirits, the souls of our loved ones, or maybe just random people that have already crossed into that new dimension. Now, lest you think this is a woo-woo topic, doing a simple search for near-death experiences or connections with spirit will yield a ton of results of people who say they've had these encounters with energies that can only be described as otherworldly, from the most scientifically minded of people to just your average Joe. This week, I'm talking with Mallory Otier, known on social media as Mallory Psychic, and you can consider her your ambassador to the spirit world. While most of us don't have a connection with the other side, Mallory has had that very connection for years. She says she comes from a long line of psychics and witches, her mother, grandmother, great-grandmothers. It's just in her DNA. She's been doing readings for many years and loves helping people find a sense of peace and clarity. What I like about Mallory's pages the most are their real-world explanations of what really happens when people die. She calls it a grounded approach to the psychic world. No gimmicks, no pretenses. She's not a crystal ball, but she says she can enter into conversation with spirit guides or ancestors who have passed and see what they have to say. And in this episode, we talk all about what it's like to connect with the other side. We cover topics like why we all are a little psychic, or can be at least, with a little work. What happens with souls during the first two to four weeks after death? Her thoughts on reincarnation and parallel universes. Do soulmates really exist? How to help spirits make it to the other side? And why some souls become earthbound. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I hope you enjoy this episode and it helps you to connect with a deeper sense of your loved ones who have passed. Welcome to We Gotta Talk. All right, Mallory, thank you so much for being with me today. We, we, we rearranged this interview a couple of times and I like to think that like the fates were pushing us to record on today, which is Halloween, because... That's a little more mystic today than normal. (laughs) I know. Um, How are you? How are you? How are you feeling today? Um, What's, what's, what's it looking like in your corner of the world? I'm good. Um, I, as we spoke a little bit before, I just came home from a European trip, like on Wednesday night. So this is kind of like just a, the second or third day that I don't feel like a zombie because of uh, jet lag. (laughs) So, but I, you know, I started working again and. Um, yeah, I have more readings after you and I done speaking. So yeah, life is good. It's pretty good. Awesome. I wanted to ask you to start things off. I've heard this said before and I'm curious if it's true. Are we all a little bit psychic? It's a great question. Um, yeah, I think so. I, the thing is we all have some sort of sixth sense, right? Like there's all, we all have something that, that 
people call it their gut feeling. Other people would call it their intuition. There's just different words that are being thrown out there. Um, I think if we let children be children more often than we do, we would be very surprised in what type of adults we get, right? Yeah. And so I think it's a, people are a little more tapped into it nowadays. So when they're children, I get a lot of those like messages from parents and stuff saying, my child is speaking about this, or, you know, they recall this type of past life. So I always encourage them to just keep asking questions. Like, it doesn't matter if it's real or not, just keep asking questions. Eventually they kind of run, like they sort of, you know, forget as they grow older, but if they were allowed to be whatever they they were when they were little or just speak of whatever was there without being told you were just making it up or anything like that, it would have um, a very strong impact on, on us as adults, I think. That's interesting. You hear so many times kids um, talking about imaginary friends or right. I know that I've had, this is really creepy, but I had an experience even where my body was lifted. This sounds so poltergeist, Mallory. I promise you it was huh? not an evil thing, but like it was... Um, it was wild. And I, I think as a child, like you said, it just, it happened. And I was like, huh, that was kind of cool. And I just moved on. I never spoke about it. I knew, I knew right. how illogical it would sound, but it does lend credence to the belief that something about the innocence of, of childhood reveals that there is like a psychic element to just existing that we're just more open to when we don't have the brain pushing it away. Absolutely. It's true. Like we're just not questioning it until you start talking to your friends and they're like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. they, they either make fun of you or your parents get afraid of the things that you're saying and then telling you you're making it up. And then you stop, children stop talking about it. Sure. You get embarrassed. If, if you were explaining um, the existence of our dimension relative to other dimensions that spirit may exist in or God or whatever you want to call it, where give us the best analogy that you have. And, and I've heard people talk about, you know, pluralities or parallel universes, or is it like that? Is it, is it us existing in tandem with spirit or with God, or is it an actual yeah. different dimension? That's a great question. Um, and so one of the things is like, if anybody who is listening has followed me or maybe you've watched some of my videos, but like I try to stay away from like super duper spiritual wor uh, words just because people, it's overused and taken out mm -hmm. of context very often. I try to keep it as simple as possible. And basically it's like, it is us on earth, right? Simply we vibrate, human humans vibrate at certain type of frequencies and some people have higher frequencies than others and they're able to tap into something that is higher than just earth frequencies. That's kind of like how people are psychic and medium. They just raise their, their frequencies and vibrations to a higher level. Doesn't mean they're better or anything. They just mean that they're more tapped into it. Um, there's different sort of, like the other side, the side that we cross into when we are dead, when we die, is you can call it the other side, you can call it the afterlife, you can call it a different dimension. People have different words for it. It's basically kind of like there's a portal and it brings you into a different space. We, it's not like we exist parallel with them. It's just that they are on their own timing. Like time flies very differently on the other side. So like a, what might appear to us like 20 years, it's like a blink of a second for them, right? It just, it just runs very differently. Um, and then often, I think it's like part of what you were mentioning is relating to what I like to call like the earthbound souls, like souls that 
have not made the choice to cross into a higher dimension, into the other side. They haven't followed that portal, that light that people talk about, like going to the light when you cross, when you die. They have remained earthbound. And that is when people can have like activities in their homes or like they're like, oh, I feel like there's a spirit in my house. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about souls that have not gone to their afterlife. They're still here on this earth. So we do exist on the same plane as them. But the problem is they are no longer really capturing Earth's frequencies, but they haven't elevated to afterlife's frequencies. And so that's why they create problems because they, to, for them to interact with us, right, mm -hmm. they have to have frequencies high enough to be able to tap into our own. And so to be able to do that, it's really hard for them to do so. And they're more able to do it as like closer to their last breath. Like when a soldier slips out of the body, they're stronger. They're still very much attached to the earth frequencies, right? This is why a lot of people, like if you lose a dear parent or something, you'd be like, I swear to God, I just saw them on my bed or I can feel them. I know they're here, right? And for, and then it fades away. And it's- that, Does that mean they're moving toward the light? Does that mean that they're progressing? Well, so it depends. Like the first two to four weeks of after death, usually your soul is still around. This is why you can feel them so strongly. They don't cross right away. Um, most of them do not. And the reason why behind it is because they want to say goodbye. They want to see who's going to show up at their funeral. They want to have a see who's going to be at their life celebration. They want to be part of it. Then eventually most souls go, all right, well, I can't talk to my loved ones. It's making it worse to for them to be able to feel me and they cross, right? Mm -hmm. But there's some souls that are just so afraid of what my lies on the other side that they don't or an unfinished business so they don't feel like they can. So they stay here. And when they stay here, then this is when the problem starts. And, and, and that could look to us like, uh, I don't know, feeling energy or, you know, a door opening on its own. Or is, does it necessarily mean, though, a, a sense of discontent or disquiet? Because I'm sure no. people hearing this who've had those experiences are like, oh, no, does that mean that my loved one is in distress or isn't admitted, air quotes, you know, into heaven or sure. into paradise or into that higher sense of being? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, not always. So here's what happened is like, here, let me give you. Let me, for example, like, let's say you are no longer in a body, you died and you are here and you're remaining earthbound at the beginning, you can have interaction with your loved ones pretty strongly. They can feel you. You can still be around them. It feels still connected, but that frequency is only the earth frequency that humans have is only possible as long as you are in a human body. And so eventually the soul is no longer attached to a body. The body is gone. And that energy, that frequency, that strength starts fading, but they're still here. And so the only way for them to retain that is to basically create emotions through us. Right. And so if they can, at the beginning, they're strong. So if they like knock a coffee pop, cup out of the way or they close a door, you might get scared, scared, emotion, strength. Right. Mm. And so the more that you have emotion towards them or emotion towards something they do, it's kind of like they feed off that frequency and that energy. But eventually what happened is that for souls that stay around longer and longer and longer, the loved one move on. Mm. Right. And then Which is survival in some way. Yeah. You have to. You have to. So as they right. do that, 
their frequency fades. And so they're kind mm. of like just stuck on this earth. They haven't crossed over. So it's not like they're in distress, but then they can't really communicate the way they were. And so eventually those souls, usually most, will end up being like, all right, and off they go, right? They'll find their light mm. and then they'll go. But the one that you feel like they're just, um, people are like, oh, there are spirits in my home, or it's an old spirit. Um, some of those souls that have been around for like, 50, 60, 100 years of walking on earth, all the people they loved are gone, right? So they are technically no longer relevant. Mm. And Do they so get angry? Imagine, and is that when they start to oh, turn yeah, into a it's, it's frustration. Wow. So there is almost something too when people detect negative spirit or energy versus a lighter or so th there can be something to that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not like people are like, oh, there's a demon. I'm like, no, just cut it out. Like there's no demons. Like, it's just not that. It's just that imagine if you've been stuck in a place for a thousand years and you can no longer, because eventually your light fades, right? Your, the light, the portal that is there for you to go across fades away. Cause they're like, well, you're not using it. Closing the door. See ya. So you can still cross because you can use somebody else's light. It's the same portal that opens for everybody else, but some souls don't know that. And so if you've been around for so long, like imagine like you faded so like you're just irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Like nobody knows your name anymore. So how can the living encourage, I want to ask this uh, kind of two questions here very quickly. How can the living encourage ones they love or even ones that may be present in their physical space to pass to kind of help them and help themselves? And, and moreover, is there a way if we wanted to connect with those who've passed in a positive way and like, I don't know, talk to our grandma bring her back for an after. Can yeah. you do that too? Yeah. I mean, to some ways. So let's, let's stick to like the souls that are earthbound that I, I like, okay. like the soul that earthbound, the soul that haven't crossed to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Those souls that you feel, let's say your mother passed away and you can still feel her very strongly around you or you see you think maybe she's still here. What you want to do is just simply encourage them to cross, you mm -hmm. know, tell them you love them, tell them you'll never forget about them. They can still ask them if they still see their light. Is there somebody in the light that's waiting for them? Because often they might be, there'll be loved ones or people that they have known or they relate to or souls that they know that are there just waiting for them to cross over and then encourage them to cross. And just doing that, you might not get an answer, but you, when a soul crosses over, there's a shift of energy around you. It's very, it's very palpable if you're sensitive to it. So you can mm. feel it and then they'll cross. Um, that's how you kind of like just encourage, right? If it's a, um, a, let's say, and again, I don't want like your listeners to be like, oh my God, like there's spirits everywhere. That's not true. Most souls do cross. Like a lot of time when people are like, my house is haunted. I'm like, your house is not haunted. It's just like, it's just stuck energy. Like open mm -hmm. your windows, move your furniture around, right. make some sounds to break the vibration. It will cleanse the space. You'll feel better. Right. Like it's just trapped energy very often, right? So people confuse like trapped negative energy with like ghost. That's often. interesting. It's so mo yeah. most often it's not a poltergeist or a, you know, a bad spiritual presence. It's just, we need to like move our sofa and duvet a little or. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not correct. I'm not saying it's not possible for um, a soul that's been trapped for a very long time and has gained enough strength because they know how to interact with the human world, not to create like chaos. It is, but it's so right. rare. Like most right. of the time, it's not what it is. 
right? And so, um, so to go back to your question, if it was a soul that you think you love that's around, encourage them through loving words and everything. If it's a soul that you're like, dude, I just moved into this place and I feel like there's a lot of things around or whatever, they do not belong to me. You don't want to mess with it, right? You don't want to mess with it because you, most people are not equipped. Like if that soul has been around for a yeah, do you just know? Yeah. So do you just avoid, like, what do you do? Bring in a professional, you know, like, what do you no, do? You I do mean, you don't that. even have, it's so rare, really, honestly, I'm telling you most of the time, like when people think they have that, they just need somebody to come and cleanse their home. That's right. really like, and that could be out. what, like a, a priest or a reverend or a spiritual guide of some sort. Like, can it be anyone yeah. who has that connection or can you, can we as individuals say, Hey, I, you know, it's safe to pass or whoever you can, can we lead that? Yeah. You don't need anyone to do it. You can just encourage that. But what I'm saying is like, if it's a soul that you don't know, you right. don't want to feed them with emotions, right? I see what you mean. And so, okay, so I would say, correct. At the beginning, I'm not just ignore them. Eventually they'll be like, okay, well, this person is not reacting to me. Boring. I'm out. It's so hard to ignore though, if like things were falling or breaking or I mean like, terrifying. yeah, absolutely. Most, people, most people might get scared, right? So if it's the case, there's also, um, there's a, a type of seed that um, I use that I've recommended for people to use that really work. I don't know how they work, but they work. They are like, um, and I always mispronounce them. It's quince seed, quince seed, Q-U-I-N-C-E. You can mm -hmm. get them for like two packs for like $14 on Amazon. And you just sprinkle them around your home, like around your window seals, around your doors. And then it just blocks yeah. like uh, any like uh, spirits that might be in your home. It'll just, they don't like it. I don't, I have no idea why. I really don't know. And Somebody do they, do they exit or if we're, if you're putting on the windowsills, wouldn't it like trap them in? No. So, I mean, I always recommend to people, like if it's really the case and you think that's the case, open your windows, do move things around, like right. let your windows be open, just cleanse things around. You can do that on your own. You don't need to hire somebody to cleanse your home. Like dust okay. behind your couch, vacuum around, like clean yeah. your house, like change your sheets, do, do things right. to move the energy around. And then sprinkle everything close the doors that's it you'll be fine okay oh that's that's encouraging because i think this is a space where people can feel that they can only access it through a professional or through a psychic or through but but to know that we can harness our own energy to in effect communicate with these spirits or encourage them in a direction it, it's really interesting to hear i like that because it puts the control back on us and it also as a result sort of takes some of the fear out because i don't know i was raised catholic and there's a whole um there's a whole fear right of anything that involves communication with with the deceased or or spirit and so it's encouraging to hear that you can kind of like approach it that way. Sure. And, and with a lot of religion and we don't have to go deeply into that, but it's like, of course they're going to scare you from doing it because then you can give control to somebody else to do it for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I remember so many parties growing up where the Ouija board was taken out. Now I, I do believe that I am sensitive enough to know what my personal boundaries are and my level of comfort is with interacting. And like, I, I don't mess with it because I know it doesn't serve me, but you know, that's always part of growing up, right? Like the bloody Mary or the Ouija board or, and I always stayed away from that. I almost felt because I've had just a handful of experiences on my own, but enough to know that like, if I really wanted to, I could, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I know that I don't want to like, if that makes sense, but, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's such a part of 
you know, I always up. People, I always tell people that I was just like, don't mess with that type of, of things. Do not, because mm-hmm. you don't know, you have no control. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how, you don't know what you got. You don't know if there's a spirit that's walking that's by and be like, Hey, look at those dumb teenagers. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you agree. Yeah. Don't mess with the Ouija board. No. It, it's not the, it's not the board itself. It's like just in general. Like mm-hmm. don't mess with things that you don't understand. Right? Yeah. So I want to get into the concept of um, past lives too. And, and I guess we all sort of have a different understanding or a different belief when it comes to this. But my thought has always been that I, or people I know have, have visceral reactions to things or have feelings about topics or issues or even places that don't correlate with a, a lived experience that I've had in this life or a conscious experience. When we when we have those moments where we feel that something is really truly resonating with us that's beyond the interaction that we've had with with that place or that person on this earth, does that necessarily mean like a past life is coming through? And do we all have past lives? Yeah. On this earth, everybody has had at least a few because no. Um, so I always like to joke and saying that earth is one of the harshest um, playground, like it's the harshest planet mm-hmm. to reincarnate in, at least within our solar system. Um, it's just filled with chaos, right? And so they are not going to send mm-hmm. like a little tiny baby soul that has just brand new into this planet because it would be kind of like sending a two-year-old to college. And be yeah. like, hey, here you go. You just wanted to learn how to walk. Go on. Now. Right, right. Learn go to like Econ 101 now. Yeah. Yeah, I know, totally. So that's not that's not possible, right? And so um, most most people that are around have had past lives, for sure. Hmm. And um, in, in, I know in your question, um, the, give me an example. So do you have an example that you can? Yeah, um, it's kind of personal. I'm trying to figure out. Are you good sharing it or not? You don't have to. A little bit. Um, who I just, I know that I have never, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. I know that I have not endured things in my life that would be considered really, I, I, my trauma, thankfully is little T, but I have reactions to people okay. and feelings that have no, no direct connection to any trauma that I lived in this lifetime, but they are so deep. They are so like so much so that if a person who's emitting this or like, I, I mean, I'm feeling it now. Like I close up, I want, I need to push them away. And it's an energy that a person can carry. It's an aggressive energy. It's like a, I can't explain it, but it's, um, I know it when I feel it and it's associated somehow with my boundaries being violated, even though that's not happened in this life. Sure. And it's only certain people and it's only in certain ways that they interact, if that makes sense. Sure. So yeah, you could just, it could very well be a trigger. It could just be like kind of like a remembrance, right? So it does happen. There are things that we carry from past life into this life that are just kind of like trauma that we can get triggered or react to. And mm. we don't know why, right? And so I always tell people when you have something like that, and if you've explored it, you've, you've, you know, you've done all the proper like channel, like you've looked in it through therapy, you've done all those things and there are no seeds for it in this life, mm-hmm. then it's very likely lies in a past life. So this is why like a past life regression might be helpful for you to just figure it out. What is that? Like what happened to you in the past life that triggers you around this type of energy? That would be very right. helpful. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So, so can we, uh, is it so simple as I've heard people have these past life regression, um, I don't know, like consult meetings or consultations where they've been almost given a very detailed script of like, this is exactly who you were. Like, should we expect that if we work with someone like it, you were, I don't know, you lived in Egypt and like, does it get sure. that specific? Can you pick up can. on that level of detail? You can? Yeah, it can. So here's what yeah. it is. Um, everybody does it very differently, right? When I do my readings, I, um, I don't regress people. So that's different. Like if you go into a past life regression with a past life regression therapist, um, they will guide you through a bunch of different lives. And I always tell people like come in with specific questions because hmm. like, for example, you would go in and be like, okay, I get triggered because of this. I want to know where this comes from. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the past lives, hopefully the past life that shows up, that show up for you will be specifically hmm. there to answer that question for you. Right. So it won't be just a random life that will show up just because it'll be something that's helpful to you. Um, right. So it is, it's, so when I do readings, for example, I, I don't regress people, but I call in people's spirit guides and the, the spirit guides is the one that comes through and will show whatever is important to my client hmm. that might help them understand a little more about why they're going through that and what happened. So the life that will show can be very specific. It can be like, um, you know, England, 1800 or so. It's never specific in the year because that's based on my interpretation of what I'm seeing. So I, I yeah. it's hard, but yes, it can be very specific. Okay. And then what, what do we do with that info? I mean, it I obviously creates a deeper understanding, maybe like you said, <laughs> of our triggers, but like, what do we it, do with it? It just makes you, um, that's exactly what it is. It just gives you a better understanding of who you are. And so yeah. what it can do is actually help you. Um, maybe not react this way anymore because you can understand it, right? You can be like, okay, this was mm -hmm. then and this is now. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. I understand that happened, but this is not the case anymore here. So I don't need to react this way. Are we to believe that with each reincarnation or reiteration of our soul that we are closer to a certain endpoint of maybe not coming back at all. And then we stay in paradise on the other side or what, what is the intention of past lives? I know there's lessons to be learned, but I also, from what I understand, it's not linear. Like we go through kindergarten through whatever, 12th grade and you graduate. Is it like that with souls that each one pushes you a little further or can you get thrown back or what, what's be. the ultimate goal? Yeah. So that is, that's a good, that's a great question. I get that question all the time and it's a tricky one too, right? Cause it's not like this. It's the same for everyone, but so ultimately as a whole, as a soul, our, the ultimate goal is kind of like enlightenment, but enlightenment has mm -hmm. a different connotation for anyone. Right. Um, most people that are, that you probably know that I know, including the both of us are pretty much really far from being enlightened. Right. We'll probably come back over and over again for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I know that a lot of people, I get so many messages. People are like, I'm done. I don't want to come back. And I'm like, I get you. Like, yeah. I get it. Sometimes it's really hard. People have really shitty lives, right? But the thing is, like, the way we feel as humans is very different than the way we feel once we are no longer in a human body and we've crossed onto the other side. The purpose of our lives become much more clear. And so the way we feel in this life, like if you feel like I don't want to reincarnate, this has been so hard. Once you get to, once you cross over and you get to review your life and you get to see everything that happened and all the players in it and everything, the understanding to why your life mm -hmm. was the way it is will be very clear. And so that often the soul understands. And, and so then it will 
just choose to come back with different lessons. So there's different mm-hmm. ways. Sometimes we are here to help the growth of our own soul, right? And to just keep getting higher in our frequencies and our understanding of life in general. And sometimes we are here to help somebody else do that. Hmm. And so we have chosen to come back as an understanding, as a soul contract with someone, knowing that in this life, it's not about us. It's not about our own growth. It's about this birth, this soul. Right. We don't know that. As humans, you don't know that. But Right. That That's interesting. Yeah. You're almost like the, the literal benefit of hindsight, looking from a distance and yeah. seeing the impact that your soul journey yeah. has had. Do, can can souls ever choose to just be like, nah, I'm good. I'm staying here. I'm staying in paradise. You, you, you can. You can choose to stay on the other side. Um, I, I do believe that some souls, it's up to you, really. Some souls need longer to recoup from their life they just had. And they mm-hmm. just need a break. There are souls that choose to not come back right away and take on a job mm-hmm. on the other side that will, mm-hmm. you know, they're like helpers and they're like teachers. And they, they're just like, okay, I just would like to do this for a little while before I just come back. And this earth is not the only place that we can come back to, right? And yeah, so- Where else can we go? You mentioned that before, like at other solar systems. Like what is it? Yes, what, what, think I- of the universe, how big it is, right? How many planets are there that we have no idea about? Like probably, I mean, millions, our minds more. couldn't even comprehend, right? We cannot. And so the idea that we would only have to come back to Earth is so it's such a way of a human way of thinking to not thinking <laughs> in a picture, right? And so there are planets, there are places that we come back that is much more gentle than here, right? What Where, are they like? I mean, my understanding of it and what I've been shown is like you communicate telepathically. There's like just very fluidity there's no really gender people are just it's all about unity and harmony a lot of them are like this way not every single one of them i'm sure but um and this is why like some of some of the souls that are on earth like this is what i always call like a soul that's a earthbound soul not earthbound soul i'm sorry an earth soul kind of and then you have um what's something that we call also like interplanetary souls, the souls that most likely often don't choose earth as, as like a planet, a base home, because it's we're not picking hard. that restaurant, right? We're like, you like, been exactly to earth. like no, we, we've seen you. the buffet. Yeah. We don't want I've had there. those pasta. I'm not a fan. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. So right. So they'll go somewhere else, which is more aligned and gentle for their soul. And so, um, You'll hear people be like, oh, I'm not from here. And and I always, again, because I try to stay as grounded as possible with our world, I try to tell people, like, it's either you are an interplanetary soul or not, ultimately it doesn't really matter. But knowing that sometimes is helpful because people that come from, that are more, um, that are interplanet- interplanetary soul, that's so-called like IP souls, they have a harder time relating to humans on earth. Like they may be very introverted, being around a large group of people might feel very harsh. They are incredibly emotional. They're often artists. They're often writers. They often, they create a lot, right? So how can we tell if we are an interplanetary, an interplanetary soul versus an earth preferring soul? Earth preferring. Yeah, I like that word actually, earth preferring. Soul. I like that. That's great. Um, <laughs> you know, you, I mean, for sure you can't, you can only feel it really. The best way to be, to have a past life regression and see if you show up on another planet. I mean, Does I didn't even sense? know that was an option. I mean, this is, is wild. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it makes sense now that you say, I mean, when you consider the 
many, many life, likely life forms, and even just the existence of other planets and solar systems in the galaxy. Yeah. I mean, our mind can't even comprehend the amount of possibilities that energy right. could exist in, right? So it does make sense. It's just it's just truly mind blowing to think of all the options. Do you believe as a result of everything that we've said and sort of acknowledging the, the, the trillions of possibilities that can exist when it comes to how we incarnate or those around us, where they've been, cosmically speaking, do you believe in soulmates as knowing all of this and that people <laughs> find so people? Funny. It's so funny that you're just mentioning that. Um, I just did, I just did a post yesterday about this movie, you might have seen it called Past Lives. Mm -mm. Have you seen it? Okay, I highly recommend watching it. It's beautiful. Um, and that is actually perfect. So the word soulmate has been so incredibly overused by Hollywood and Hallmark and all those things that people take it and they're like, oh, this person has to be my soulmate. And it just creates like chaos in people's relationship because what people don't understand, a soulmate is not specifically somebody with whom you um, have a love or relationship. It might not be your husband or your wife or your partner. It could be like your cousin. It could be like your best friend growing up. It could be your grandmother. That could be your mm -hmm. soulmate. A soulmate is, a, is just simply somebody who is part of your soul family, but that's the closest person to you. Right? It's like can our, your Can we recognize friend. that too, like right away? Like, do, do we feel that, right? You might not feel like it's a soulmate. You might just feel that it's simply somebody from the same soul family. Like people that feel known, you're like, I've known this person, right? I have known this person. Um, they feel like home. Mm. But so this is why like when I get so many messages, people are like, oh, I've met this person. Now they're my soulmate. And um, I, I was, my, always my answer is like, first of all, like stop even thinking of this. It does not matter because- right. The, the question that you should be asking yourself is, do I feel cared for? Do I feel heard? Do I feel loved? Mm -hmm. Am I being respected? Do I feel like we are growing together? Like, how is your relationship? If it's great, if the answer is all those questions, wonderful, stay in it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So this movie I'm mentioning about that's called Past Lives um, deals with this specific topic that those two kids meet when they're very young, like uh, this boy and this girl. And then the girl moves, they meet in Korea and she moves to the United States with her family when she's like maybe 12 and they lose track of each other. And then they find each other again when they're like in their late twenties. And mm -hmm. um, they communicate for about a year and a half because he's in Korea and she's in the United States and they fall in love, but they're never able to come and see each other. And so it's so hard for them that they decide to take a break. She goes on an art retreat and she meets someone and marries that man, right? 15 years or 10 years goes by and they find each other again. Hmm. And then he comes to visit her and they keep talking and she keeps talking about how, and she's done plays, she's a playwright. And she talks about how um, they are soulmates. She uses a word, um, inion, which is like a Korean word, I believe that means sort of like, um, we've been together in past lives, right? Mm -hmm. And and so she recognizes that they are soulmates, but she also recognizes that the husband that she's with, while he might not be the closest person or soul in her soul family, is also part of her destiny in this life. And so, and spoiler alert for anybody that wishes to watch this movie, pause this, skip by like a minute. <laughs> um, 
but she stays with her husband, no matter how strong the connection is with these other men, because she realizes this is the choice she's making in this life, because that relationship is great, and that relationship is amazing, and that relationship is loving and caring, and that's the choice. So right. that the reason why it's so beautiful is because it's not made into this Hollywood, she leaves mm -hmm. with a man that she thinks is her right. soulmate, which, you know, past the roll the credits, you don't know what happens, right? And so... Right that's kind of like what I want people to view soulmates are. This is why I always stay away from that word because it's so yeah. overused, right? Does it make sense? That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that really resonates with people, even, even witnessing the evolution of friendships or relationships and understanding yeah. when, when it is time to, to not move past or when, when it's time to, I don't know, evolve beyond a certain, I, I think there's, there's so sure. much beauty to that, to, to the nuance of that. And I I'm with you. It's like not, um, doesn't have to be all or nothing with the people in your lives. There's so much beauty that exists in different ways that people can show up for you. So I love that. People also, you, you mentioned something about relationships and friendships. People grow out of each other's life yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Right. And so uh, there's, you know, a soul family member um, often will grow with you, kind of like mm. you just kind of like your frequency sort of rise up at the same time. Um, but it's like it's okay to meet someone and be with that person, and then eventually you keep growing or they keep growing, and you guys can't match, right? right it's right, right. We try so hard to just keep things because they're like, well, I've known them since they were three. Great, you've known them since they were three years old. But you are no longer three. You're a different person. You're no longer a children together. You're an adult. And maybe they've turned into like an asshole and you no longer like them. And you're still having a friendship with them just out of like obligation. It shouldn't be. Does it make right. sense? Oh, yeah, to, to give, yeah, of course. It gives us permission to, to like not evolve. pressure on ourselves. No, to evolve. Yeah. Um, I want to round things out, Mallory, with um, a couple of really quick questions. Um, I would love to know are you given what's happening in the world right now, picking up on any frequencies or energies that could be predictive of, um, and I don't want to like say predictive, like predict the future, because I know that's not necessarily what it is, but are you tapping into any energies that tell you where we're headed collectively? Um, it's a really, really worrisome time for a lot of people in the, for everyone in this, on this planet. Yeah. Um, huh. That's a good question. I haven't in a sense that, um, like, I think collectively, you hear a lot of people talking about, like, um, what is it called? I even, somebody asked me that lately, like a fifth dimension or like growing into, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, as I said, it's like you here, like, stay grounded, right? Stay grounded and stay centered and do, so I don't have a, a, an easy answer for your question, but all I can say for the people who feel that they are overwhelmed with all the shit that's going on in the world. Cause there's a lot of it. Right. And it's very mm -hmm. easy to just be so overwhelmed that you feel paralyzed to do anything. Mm -hmm. What matters is what we don't realize is that in that case, look into your own orbit, hmm. look into your own orbit and do things, do good for the people and the things that are around you because mm -hmm. energy goes out. Right. And so every right. action that you take, has a ripple effect and a ripple effect right. and a ripple effect. So you don't know how much you interfere into the whole. And so 
a little like a little tiny action that may feel so insignificant, like smiling to your cashier if you go to Trader Joe's, might feel like what's the point in that? How am I going to help with all the shit that's going on in the world if I just smile on my cashier? You don't know, but it's energy. So it's like right. we. So you can only do what you can do. You're a human being in a human mm -hmm. world, right? And so the reason why I think it gets so overwhelming, it's because people get paralyzed because they feel as well, I'm just a little person and I can't help, but it's not true. Yeah. That's so, that's so helpful because I, I think we all want to show up in a way that's meaningful. And I know that I feel hamstrung often because I'm like, what, even on this podcast, like, what am I going to do? I'm just one person that has one conversation, but it's encouraging. But it's, it, but it's important. And what I always tell people, and, and if you're anybody that is listening here and let's say you have a platform or something, stay in your fucking lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Speak of the things that you understand and speak of them well. And the things that you don't know, then you don't know. Right? Don't become an expert at something that you had no idea what that was uh, uh, like a week ago. Stay in right. your lane. Stay or, or like the knowledge or seek it out in a quiet way, like process it, correct. right? Like, because yeah. otherwise, all it is, it's just like performing activism. I think it mm. like it's a performance, right? Mm. It's just like you want to be an activist, you like that can be done quietly. That's really, I, it I doesn't like I have to be that. in yeah. front of everybody. Because right. that's performing. I, I needed that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've committed on this platform. I've talked a ton to, you know, people on uh, mm -hmm. that I've interacted with, listeners and things about really trying to process what's happening and, and feeling like it's my job. And it is to an extent to um, help people understand or explain things. Because, it might, you know, my background is in journalism and what I do here, sure. I, I intend to have a greater impact. Um, but I've really been struggling with that. And it's a message that I need to hear almost granting myself permission to process, to understand. And then if, if it ends up being something that where I can bring people to the table to present something who are the experts, then great. And if not giving myself and hear, anyone who's listening, giving themselves permission to just take a breath and ground yourself before you show up with anything. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to say that to you before you go is that um, you have a platform. So I don't know if you've been asked to like, you know, take sides on an issue or speak of something or whatever. But what it is, it's like people don't realize is when you have a platform, what you are showing yourself on that platform is 2% of who you really are in your life. Right? right. And so they don't know. They don't know if you're carrying trauma in your body and they're asking you to just speak on collective trauma when maybe you're going through something that's really, really bad. So we never know what the other person on that Instagram page really is going through on who they are. And mm -hmm. so you have to give yourself permission to just be like, no, thank you. Like you yeah. don't know who I am and you don't know how I am, what I'm doing in my life to actually make a difference, but I'm just not advertising it. Yeah, because there certainly have been things that I've, yeah, yeah I love that. Um, okay, well, I, it makes so much sense, and I needed that. Um, before we go, did anyone come through for my people, Mallory? <laughs> Do pe people ask me that all the time? Did any of my relatives come through while we were talking? Oh, you are so cute. No, and I'm going to tell you why. is because I actually, you know, it's a very interesting is um, I don't open myself up at all unless I 
purposely like you open myself up. Mm-hmm. I open a circle that I call spirit guides in and then I let them do their job and I just say what I'm hearing because otherwise it's just like I would go crazy. The only time oh. I really kind of like let my senses open up if I say I'm traveling and I'm going to make video for my people and I open up to see what's around. But otherwise, like, like um, I don't. But if you came to a session with me, then I probably would. You know I need to so book a session different. with you. I always, I, I say that because one time I, a long time ago, I was speaking with someone and something like came through and it made me nervous. And so I always ask now out of nerves because I'm like, if there's something really bad about to happen, I feel like all the psychics out there will know and just not be telling me. And it makes me anxious. No. Okay. You are so cute. Um, you have to understand, and I don't know how everybody else works, but for me, it's like anything that ever transpires always for your greater good or your higher self. Right. And so if something comes up, and, and let's say you you are told something, it's because you have the ability to change the course of that. If you don't have the ability to change the course of it, I would not hear it, right? That's really, really empowering. So then here you are, right? And this is why also it's like in this type of settings or anything, like I don't open up or even hear something because it's like, um, it's like if, if I'm walking around and I hear somebody something about someone, I'm not going to go to that person and be like, by the way, do you want to know about, I won't. It's not my job. Yeah. Right? Does it yeah. make sense? Yeah. So, it makes total sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you have no, you should not fear anything. You have free will to just change the course of anything that you want. I needed that. Like <laughs> a total, a total control freak. So that's good. Um, Valerie, me. thank you. Thank you, you so much for spending time with me. And on Instagram, you're at Mallory Psycho, which is M-A-L-A-U-R-I-E. Psycho. Correct. So yes, people can connect with you there and and tell us quickly your website so people who are interested can book um you know some time with you. Sure. So it's MalloryPsychic.com. Um and to booking, this is the the tricky part about it, is like I have booked so up so much ahead of time. So I release new sessions every like basically four times a year, every quarter, right? So I have one right now, uh-huh. which I don't know when this is going to air. So I, I'm releasing um a set of for like January, uh, February, March on November 1st. So every three months I release session for the following three, for like three months ahead. And then they, they book in like 30 minutes. So the best way for your listeners, if they really are like, they were like, Oh my God, I like her. And I'd like to like book something mm-hmm. with her, go on my website, sign up for the mailing list so that you can be made aware to when the releases happen. Yeah. Okay. I see that on your website. Yeah. It's just, there's a banner right up top. So sign up for the newsletter and we can kind of keep in touch. Okay. Yeah, correct. And, um, but I do like master classes and, and workshops and stuff like that to kind of like, you know, um, help people just kind of like have access in between also. So awesome. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with You're us welcome. today. I'm, I'm so thank grateful you for, for your time. It was lovely. It was awesome. So thank you so much. And um, thank yeah. you. Okay. Awesome. And, and before- thank you guys all for listening. And I guess if they have any direct questions for you, I'll encourage them to check out Instagram, go to the website, but but yeah, you don't have yeah, a podcast then, or anything that you want to direct people to? No, I, I do not. Um, it's too much work. I'm glad that, you know, you are doing <laughs> it. it um, and, and I have so much on my plate. But if if people are asking me questions and DM me or anything, you know, um, I get thousands of DMs per and emails and everything. So just basically the best way. And my wife is the one that goes through the first wave that I like to call it. She'll go through the first DMs when like she 
scans everything and then stars anything that I should be looking at. So the best way for you to get noticed or something is to actually greet me and be like, hey, and have some sort of like knowledge of my work. Then she'll be like, okay, somebody's paying attention and then she might star you. Otherwise... I know. I'm sorry. Otherwise, you're <laughs> going to the junk box. Okay. <laughs> no, otherwise, it's just kind of no, like. listen, I get it. You know, yeah, you probably, you probably get, get thousands of people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you have, like you said, protect the energy. And I think those who are meant to find you will find you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sunny. I really appreciate Thanks, you doing that. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of We Gotta Talk. If you don't mind, I would love if you could leave a rating and review. Those help this show to get out to people who might find it useful or entertaining. I'm so grateful for your support. Please follow on Instagram at Sunny Abada or check out our latest blog post at wegotatalk.com slash blog. See you next time.